I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alenios Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. This is the Alenials Podcast. I'm Smith, here with my co-host. As shocked as he can be, Seth. That was the most loud and intense intro I think we've ever done. Well, I've noticed in recent times that our our, our uh, theme song is very energetic. It has a lot of a lot of, uh, of, of tempo to it. And sometimes yeah. it comes in and I'm just like, welcome back to the Linus Podcast. I'm Smith and this is that guy. And that's, come on, who wants to hear that? You gotta come with some energy, you know? Yeah. I don't know if our theme song was that high energy, though. But I think maybe one day we'll find the, the median energy level and run with it. I think that there's a good amount of energy in our in our uh, intro, but I could I could be wrong. I, I, maybe I'm not the best judge of it. Yeah, we can do a poll. So, so uh, Seth, how you been, man? How you living? I'm I'm doing just fine. I've got my my nose is a little stopped up, so if I sound weird, that's that's my fault. Um, the the weather where I am fluctuates every twenty minutes, so it's uh it's it's hard to keep your sinuses in check. So, but yeah, other than that, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm I'm living. I'm I'm working. I'm striving. I'm staying alive. So. So you found the one place on the East Coast with worse weather than Georgia somehow. I wouldn't say it's worse than Georgia. It's just like most places on the East Coast. It just during this kind of part of the year, it just every once in a while the weather will change. You know, hour to hour. So it's just you know, but that's kind of the Southeast charm, if you will. I've always heard folks in like uh, San Francisco or whatever say that it'll like go from like uh, perfectly fine outside to cold inside of like twenty minutes. Which... Yeah, but cold to San Francisco is like seventy degrees. <laughs> oh so God! I need a jacket. It feels pretty good outside. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God! It's so hot. It's eighty-five degrees out here. What are oh, we doing? Yeah. They live in a very specific range band of temperatures, and I mean that probably is is one of the reasons why it's so fucking expensive over there. Yeah, I mean that, and you know all the, 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 the Hollywood stuff. But yeah, I guess that's one of the reasons. Hollywood. In San Francisco, I mean, I'm just saying because like every like everything in California, like when you say California, you basically mean Los Angeles and the other places. <laughs> so everything like tech, Hollywood, all that, that's all over all those places in California. It does overlook so. like Northern California, which was a lot more like where we come from than people think. Yeah, a lot of country ass people up in North North uh, uh, California. They call North North California. They should just call it North Carolina. <laughs> you know, for Netflix went and made a show called Russian Doll, and it's not about <laughs> Donald Trump. You need to stop. You can't do this. This what is worse is, than what, the. What are they doing? Wait, what is this worse than? This is worse than the fucking Inhumans. Oh joke. wait, that that transition was so inhuman. Fuck, fuck you. ABC should cancel it. 
Remember when the guy who made Iron Fist season one did so fucking well that gave him Inhumans and he did amazingly there too? Yeah, he made the worst season of Dexter, and then he made the worst season of a Marvel show, and then he made a worse season of a Marvel show. <laughs> I didn't know about so, the Dexter thing. That's crazy. Yeah, he started out doing like one of the most terrible seasons of television with Dexter ever. How is he still getting yeah. work? It's just you just fell upwards in Hollywood, I guess. He he must know someone because I just can't see why they would just want to like you're literally going to put a worse product out on the on the 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 market when you have him on your side. So. Oh, speaking of failing upwards, one of our one of the favorite people that I remember from 2016 uh, of the elections, uh, his name is I'm not kidding you not, Seth. His actual name you probably know him is Robbie Mook. Robbie Mook. He was uh, like Hillary's like president of his cam- of her campaign or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the guy who was like, I have an algorithm that'll win you the presidency, guaranteed. Like, yeah, he like had an abacus or something that was like. This is what we have to do. It involves never going to Wisconsin. That's the we can we can never go there. We have to run up the fucking count in California or some shit. Um, All the places that you could possibly lose it, don't go there. Yeah, exactly. So he has just been named president of the House Democrats re-election campaign for 2020. Wow. You would think that anyone associated with the Hillary 2016 campaign would never be able to work again. That's why we talked about this with the whole Kamala Harris thing. It's like, how did a bunch of people who failed in, like, the most spectacular and idiotic way ever, how do they continue to get, like, legit work in Washington? Like, if they became, like, you know, campaign managers for some guy running for city council in Florida, sure. Why not? But how do they get legit Washington jobs anymore? Like, yeah, you, you lost what should have been a slam dunk election to a literal clown. And, uh, like, this guy was the architect of her entire giant failed campaign. And then I put him in charge of every House Democrat. Yeah. I, I just... It's it's just amazing. And it's like, where do we, where do we go from here? Like, how... What is this guy... What is he going to accomplish for these House Democrats? I just don't, I don't know. It's like, I wish that I could go to work every day and do, a, honestly, a terrible job. Like, like well, what's, what's a pretty close example we could do? Let's say you're an accountant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're doing a regular spreadsheet. I don't know what accountants do. You're doing like a regular uh, purchase order or some shit, you know, approving it. And it's like something you could do every day, no problem at all. And then... You just and then you know you, you you shred the paper and set it on fire and burn down the whole building. Uh huh. And they were like, you know what? We want to make you president of accountants. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good analogy. I wish I could do that at work. Which is kind of how it works if you come from a, the right family or know the right people, you know. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I was I was watching this um or I was I was watching this uh watching I was looking at this um ask Reddit thread. That was like, oh, what's a conspiracy theory that you actually believe in? And one of the top comments was, um, all wealthy families in the world work together to stay wealthy and powerful. And everyone was like, that's not a conspiracy. That's just true. That's just true. That's just like what happens in the world. That's what wealthy people do. 
Yeah, and I'm like, like, how could you be so naive as to think that's a conspiracy? That's literally what capitalism affords you the opportunity to do. Right, yeah, it's just it's just assholes rewarding other assholes for being assholes together. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, that's, that's not even a conspiracy. I, I have not looked into it too much, but I have heard somewhere that Robbie Mook's family was a political family in the first place. So he has all his connections and shit. Yeah, but I don't know. I think I think we need to put a limit on nepotism. Like, if your if your nephew fucks up that colossally, maybe uh, maybe just give him a desk job. <laughs> or maybe maybe he should actually be pro- be forced to prove that he actually can work and do a good job. That's true. That's true. But you know, Seth, actually, that that reminds us something I want to talk about for a while now on the podcast, and that is internships. Um, now I know you had an internship, right? You did an internship for your for your education. I've done three internships, yeah. True, but all those were paid, right? Yes. And not paid very well, if I recall correctly. No, paid way too well. I paid way too well. Really? Yeah, I got paid an insane amount of money for my internships. Even compared to what you're doing now, or? One of my internships made more than I do now, yeah. Holy, well, holy shit. There's other circumstances there, I believe. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is... A lot of the internships, especially in politics and shit, are not paid. Oh yeah, like if you do if you do a internship and in almost anything that isn't like tech or business related, yeah, you're not getting paid. So that, in my opinion, is a problem uh, because what it what it is doing is if if you can't get paid from your job because it is a job, an internship is a job. If you're not getting paid from that then you're forced to either work another job, which might not be possible with your internship schedule, or also shouldn't be a thing you have to do anyways because why the fuck would you have to work two jobs to survive? Or it requires you to live off your parents' money. And it's just creating this fucking class of people who can only pursue these political positions and and jobs because their families are already wealthy enough or well or connected enough to put them there in the first place. So you got to get the internship, and then somehow survive on basically no money. And so the only way you can do that is if you have rich parents. Yeah. I mean, I know, I've even heard people who, like, take out, like, personal loans just to have their internship. And I'm like, that is that is just the snake eating its own tail right there. It really is, dude. And, yeah, because, so, like, I mean, I've, like I said, I've done three internships. And if they weren't paid, I just wouldn't have been able to do them because I would not have been able to... I mean, every single one of them required me to relocate from where I was currently living, so I would not have been able to go there and have a, a place to live and food on my table. So, yeah, unpaid internships are just a way to, I guess, keep rich people uh, flowing through the system. It reminds me of how I used to read about the Chinese uh, government like before there was communism and, and, and then democracy before that, I guess, sort of, or the, the, the king or whatever. They had, mm-hmm. like, these, like, uh, bureaucracies, right, that, that existed. And to it was supposedly it was, like, a, um, an egalitarian thing where anyone, okay, a man, could get a job in government by passing some tests, right? But the thing is, a lot of the tests were just, like, the requirements were, like, you have to pay a certain amount of money to get take the test. Or just pay the guy who's giving you the test to give you a, a passing grade and you can get a job. And so it's like, yeah. it doesn't matter if everyone can do it. If most folks can't read, and the ones that can, there's a portion that can't pay because they don't have any money, then you're just like self-selecting for a certain class of people to continually stay in power. Yeah, that's fucked up. And that's what today's internships are. Uh, it's, it's insane <laughs> that, we, that we still allow the practice of internships to happen in America because 
it's just, I mean, it reminds me of the spoil system from uh, back in the Gilded Age or whatever, where it was like, you could just hand positions to people, but they, now, not even any money. It's just like, hey, my, my idiot friend's uh, even dumber son needs a, a, a experience to become like a communications director for some somebody in, in 10 years, so I'll give him a job in my, on, on my you know, campaign staff or whatever. Yeah, it's like, um, there's an episode of Parks and Recreation where, um, uh, Adam Scott's character, Ben Wyatt, is, like, running a congressional campaign, and all of his employees are, like, being real, they're, like, young guys who are all being, like, real assholes, so he's, like, trying to whip them into shape, and then he finds out that literally every single one of them, every one of them is, like, connected to some kind of, like, big leader, like, in the Democratic Party, and for that reason, he can't fire any of them and has to, like, kiss up to them, and it's played off as a really funny joke, but it's also a little too true and a little scary at the same time. Yeah, that is kind of fucked up, isn't it? Didn't that same thing happen in uh, in Veep when they found out that the asshole guy was like super connected or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he well, he was getting that in that his 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 uncle or whatever like was a political boss in some place she had to go, so she started like, kissing kissing his ass to like get get whip yes. votes or whatever. Yes, and one one of the. A funnier uh, series of events in television. Oh yeah, that was pretty great. Uh, but Seth, I'd like to talk to you about a thing that happened just today. So it's hot off the presses. It's been a fascinating saga that's unfolded, and that is um, the company THQ Nordic decided to have an Ask Me Anything. Now, Seth, where do those usually happen at? What 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 platform do you usually use for those? Uh-huh. First of all, it's just for anyone who doesn't know, THQ Nordic is a gaming development company. Yes, true, true, true. And um, most AMAs happen on Reddit. And now we all know that Reddit has its good and bad aspects. That's fine. Yes. Of um, that's okay. Everybody has that, but but some websites only have bad aspects. Some do only have bad aspects, and it turns out that one of those uh, <laughs> websites is known as 8chan. So, do you know anything about 8chan? 8chan is for people who thought that 4chan was a little too PC. Like, no joke, 8chan was literally... It already existed before this happened, but it, it was it was bolstered. Its, it's biggest uh, like influx of people came after Gamergate happened, and they got kicked off of, uh, off of 4chan. The folks who were too toxic for 4chan had to go to 8chan. Yeah, people who have conversations about like, child porn and stuff. Yeah, so they, you know, they they are just like uh, the basically the worst of the worst in, in, in a lot of ways. And so, uh, just suddenly, today, out of nowhere, uh, they announced uh, on Twitter that they were going to have a uh, an AMA on 8chan. And people immediately were like, what the fuck? What are you yeah, talking about? Are, are you sure you just didn't type that wrong? And folks were immediately reaching out to them and saying, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do this. And they went ahead with it anyways. And the results were fucking predictable. Um, They were asked questions about, like, keeping their games free of social justice warrior nonsense. And when they were going to put, like, pedophile shit in their games. You know, just real, real classy shit, right? Yeah. And so it pretty much went And THQ Nordic answered all the questions... With level head and shot down all these people who are asking for all this terrible stuff, correct? Unfortunately, no. They did agree with a lot of the things that were being said to them. 
and it was a pretty bad time all around. And yeah, that's pretty much been the situation. Like they just they, they did this incredibly dumb fucking thing, and here we are. I mean, they. Here's my question though: If you're about to do an AMA or any kind of like big press event from from one of these companies, wouldn't you consider it a good idea to at least fucking Google the people who are about to interview you or whatever? Well, I mean, well, that doesn't even seem to be the issue. The issue seems to me that THQ Nordic just might not be run by the best kind of people. That is because, true. Because, like, let's say they were just tricked into doing an AMA on 8chan. As soon as somebody asked them questions about feminism or about rape or child children doing shit like molestation in their games, they would have been like, we are clearly in the wrong place. We're going to just end this. From what I have uh, seen, there is some disagreement between whether this was a company-wide type deal, like like people in the higher positions were aware, or if it was just like the social media manager who kind of roped them in and, and, and like you know kept kept them away from all the, the true facts of of eight chan or whatever. Yeah, um, I, mean, I highly doubt that any like executive of like. You know, company image would have signed off on this just off the basis of who of who HN is and the people, the general public's opinion on them. Yeah, it, it seems like that would have been a, a, a good idea to to not like do this because, I mean, I don't know, man. How do you not know at all the reputation of just hearing the word Chan and not know maybe this isn't a good idea for us? Maybe this is a good fit. Yeah, but I think I mean obviously I think it had to be done by like some smaller group within the company, but. Even then, you know, those people should probably reevaluate why they're in social media management of a video game company or any company. Oh, man. I wish that I could, like, somehow convey the image of a tweet through, through fucking the audio medium of our, of, our, of our podcast. Because the most amazing thing happened this week that totally relates to this. Okay. You know our best buddy and good friend Boogie? Yes. Did you see his thing about asking for edgy jokes? No. What the fuck? Now, here's the funny thing. He said, hey, anybody out there appreciate edgy humor like me? Now, remember, no sexism or racism. Those are off limits. Which, first of all, you've just gotten rid of so much of your content right there. That's like 90% of edgy jokes, honestly. And then, literally, like three hours later, there's a follow-up tweet. And he's like, holy shit, guys. I didn't have to specify this. Uh, but no anti-Semitism. That falls under racism for me. But you guys don't know that, apparently. Oh, what a naive <laughs> fucking idiot. It's literally that fucking drill tweet about <laughs> Subway Jared did nothing wrong. Wait, I'm trying to remove it. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. How do you... I, what, what do you think is going to happen? You know what I mean? And also, what does it say about you and your fan base if... You ask for edgy jokes and say, hey, no sexism or racism, and you're suddenly just inundated with anti-Semitic jokes. Boogie, come on the podcast. Come on, man. Let's fucking... I, we, we don't squash for you from this podcast. We blow up beef. Let's blow up the beef. Yeah, we um, we, we don't cook squash and beef on here. We, uh, we, we really do like to cook it up. I don't know. There's a chance we can squash our beef. Maybe... Maybe if Paul Schrader comes on this podcast, we can squash our beef with First Reform. Um, that's probably our only beef right now, because like, there's no way I'm ever going to be on the Tom Brady train. That's true. So. Listen, Paul Schrader, come on the podcast 
and acknowledge the glorious truth of the immortal science of Marxism-Leninism and all is forgiven yes. for First Reformed. Yes. And admit openly the First Reformed sucks. That's <laughs> our, that's, that is honestly my big... He could be the most capitalist person in the world, but if he admits that movie sucks, I'll accept him back. Okay. But, all right. But that, that movie is bad, and he has to accept it. Oh, man. By the way, another side... Uh, a tangent within a tangent... Do you know yeah. who Senator John Conran is? From your pronunciation, probably no. It's either Conran or Cornyn. I can't remember. I don't know how to spell Whoever, Whatever. He tweeted out a literal quote from fucking Mussolini this weekend. Nice. What did it say? It was like, I don't know, dude, but it was basically he was trying to own democratic socialists by, like, quoting Mussolini. And people were like, you're fucking quoting Mussolini? What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. It's crazy how apolitical a lot of our politicians are <laughs> yeah so that's they don't true. really they don't really understand it's like something that like we talked about earlier but the show veep mm-hmm. it teaches you a lot about like how politics isn't really about your politics or what you believe or who your constituents are it's really just about trying to be good at politics that's true and the sad thing is like at first i was like oh this show's really funny obviously and it's like kind of you know kooky but not real, but the thing is, a lot of people who watch it who work in, um, like, Capitol Hill, they're like, oh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what politics is like. Which is both like, oh, good, they, they captured it on, on TV. They were able to do it so well. But also, that's not really how our politics should look. Right, yeah. I think a couple of years ago, if you had, like, asked me about it, I would have said, oh, Veep is just, like, comedy. It's fiction, right? Like, of course our politics yeah. aren't actually that bad. But now I'm like, Veep was wildly optimistic in how it sees politicians. Yeah, watching Veep now, I was like, I, I would I would kill for a Selena Meyer to be in office right now. <laughs> Someone who is, who is we have. vapid and, and uh, pretty much a, a bad person, but like, I don't know, man, at least entertaining about it. Not that, not that yeah, Trump isn't entertaining. Yeah, she's like Chelsea Clinton, but interesting. <laughs> Did you see this? This did you see when Trump was talking about uh, 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 Xi Jinping's uh, aides, and he talked about how they had uh, glasses? Did you see what he did? Did he do the little stretchy eyed? Well, you know, he he held his fingers up to his eyes to indicate glasses, like on his head. I'm like, oh wow! The president has the mind of a baby. What is going on? Yeah, I would have been lost. I, I would not know what glasses were if it wasn't for our president. Also. I think it's so... He had this tweet the other day that made me laugh so much. It was so funny. He was like... You can see his 4th of July tweet. Uh, oh, no, I did not. What is this? Yeah, he was like... He's like, this 4th of July, we're going to have one of the biggest celebrations in American history at on like the at the White House, like Capitol Hill. We're going to have this big party. And then he was like, there's going to be um, food, entertainment, and your favorite president, comma, me. <laughs> Because otherwise, we would have all assumed Barack Obama was going to be there. I would say, God damn, how are you going to get fucking uh, Teddy Roosevelt to come back from the dead? Yeah, how, like, how is JFK going to be there? That's that's interesting. Um, I, I, dude, I would say this. If the man wasn't president, but we were, we were somehow, if we could somehow section ourselves off in the universe where we could watch this unfold for the safety of somewhere else. Yeah, this is like a Truman Show style, like, 
oh, Trump, you're president, but really we're all living around him. If it was president, it'll be one of the best shows ever. If it was President Bernie Sanders, and this was a television program we put Trump in to like keep him happy the entire time, it yeah. would be the honestly the funniest fucking thing on television. There's no yeah, nothing it, else. It would be the appointment television we would all watch. Oh my god. <laughs> so THQ Nordic, by the way, when this happened or before it went down, people were like, "Ain't Chan is bad. Don't go there." And you know, you know what they said in a tweet before it happened? Uh, well, thanks. It says, "The opportunity was here, and we took it. We got a porridge in a fr- very friendly and polite manner, and we're assured said person, shout out to Mark, will take care of the nasty stuff." So here we are. They talk as if 8chan is, like, a company. Yeah. <laughs> and has, like, actual representatives. And not just some guy named Mark who is probably, probably, like, naked typing with his dick when he talks to you. <laughs> like, what do you what do you think 8chan is? And they tried to claim afterwards that they didn't know what 8chan was. But they say right here about nasty stuff. So they do know what's going on. Yeah, I and mean, this obviously like they try to they try to cover them cover themselves when in reality they're just really stupid and didn't think this was gonna backfire for some reason. I, I remember actually, I believe Mark does show up in the in the uh, actual AMA and he posts a like, a like a meme image of a knight like with his arms outstretched trying to calm people down. You know what it says, Seth? Please tell me. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry about this quote I'm about to put out there about, there about there. Trigger warning, I guess, for, for homophobia or whatever. It says, cease with this faggotry. Wow. And it's real like, class act, Mark. Yeah, great job um, keeping the fucking peace there, Mark. Yeah, Mark, you're a real first reformed of a person. <laughs> um, In that he was okay until he revealed what he really was at the very end there. Yep. Exactly. But, like, I love this phrasing of the opportunity was here and we took it. Like, I mean, I have opportunities every day to eat bags of cat shit and I I, I don't do it. Like, because I know it will be a bad opportunity. Yeah. Every day I could literally walk in front of a train and kill myself. And I just <laughs> thought, you know what? <laughs> Maybe I don't want to do that. And I don't. Every so. day I could put my dick on the edge, the rim of the toilet bowl and slam the seat down on it. I don't, I don't take the opportunity, though, because I don't. <laughs> it's not going to be good for me. Yeah, if a nice guy named Mark was like, hey, you should put a whole screwdriver in your ass today. <laughs> I'd be like, you know what, Mark? I definitely could. And I, I agree with you. That's a possibility. <laughs> but I'm probably not going to do that just because of safety. I just, I just, I can't get over the fucking phrasing of we had an opportunity and we took it. Like, it's like, it's like, you, it's like if you were playing basketball and you saw your opportunity for a three-pointer and you missed it. Okay, sure. Okay, right. Cool. You, you missed it. That's fine. You, you yeah. fucked up. This is not that though. No, this is a, this is a colossal mess. <laughs> this is like, this is like you're walking down the street and you see a sign that says active landmine and you're like, I'm going to step on that real quick just to see what happens. Take yeah, the this is like. This is like you're an executive at Nike and you made a shoe so bad that the most famous college basketball player we'll ever know busted through it on the in the middle of the court. <laughs> oh my god, dude. So yeah, that's been a debacle. I can't wait to see how this unfolds in the coming couple of days. It's just funny shit while they do this. Oh man. Uh, let's see here. Anything you got, Seth? Anything off the top of the um, dome? We did just talk about... Um, trigger warnings and like you know people who said stuff they probably shouldn't have said and we have a 
uh, a Democratic lawmaker from Maryland. Oh yes, who, who has? I, I don't. How do I even approach what she said? How do I do this? I mean, just come right at it, man. I would not. I would not say what she said, but I oh, would. I'm not going to say what she said. But I'll just read this little headline I have here. Mm-hmm. It's the culmination of the story. It's um, also I'm gonna I'm gonna give the biggest round of applause to Huffington Post for a second. I don't mm-hmm. like them, but they did something amazing with this article. From the like, if you just get a link to it, the blurb is Maryland lawmaker apologizes for calling majority black county a, <laughs> and then it cuts off, and you're like, damn, now I gotta see this. Excellent clickbait. So then you click on it. And it reads, Maryland lawmaker apologizes for calling majority black county a N-word district. <laughs> Except, obviously, she didn't say N-word. Yeah, she used the full-on word. Yes, yeah, so with the... Uh, and from the headline, she used the hard R. Oh, yeah, she did. Which is just amazing. I'm looking at a picture of this lady, and she... I gotta say, she fits... If I've ever seen somebody who fits the crime, <laughs> I gotta say, it's probably her. <laughs> yeah, it's, as if there was mystery to it, like, wait, who said this? Yeah, she does not, she does not look like she wouldn't say it. I'll say that. <laughs> so what does this, um, this little subhead here say to, to the headline? What does that say? Uh, uh, whatever, she is, so Anne Lasanti, who is white, reportedly said, Everyone has used the slur. <laughs> so she was talking about um, Prince George County, which is sixty-five percent black, um, and apparently the uh, the county that she lives in is eighty percent white. Oh God! And she decided to apologize for her quote word choice several weeks ago. <laughs> I am sickened that a word that is not in my vocabulary came out of my mouth, she said in a statement. It does not represent my belief system, my life's work, or what is in my heart, or what is my heart. I I will, hey, hats off for the sentence, a word that is not in my vocabulary came out of my mouth. I, I, I was possessed by the devil, all right? Satan made me say it. I don't even know what word means. Does it mean something bad? (laughs) All of her, oh, she did the prayer. She's like, I'll pray for forgiveness. Oh my god. This lady is incredible. What the fuck did she think was going to (laughs) happen? Oh man. Like, okay, this is actually relate something that happened to a place we're both familiar with, uh, where you went to school and where I went to school uh, for college. Did you hear what happened a couple, like, last year with this, Seth? I mean, more specific, but I think I know what you're talking about. The swim team incident? No. Okay, so you don't know about this, I guess. Or maybe, maybe you've heard about it, but not in the context of the swim team. Maybe not. The swim team had an issue where they had a new person join up who happened to be black, and one mm-hmm. of the white people on the team takes another person on the team that she doesn't look too inwardish. But the problem is, wow. she accidentally takes that to the new girl. Whew. And then try to backtrack and say that her phone had auto-corrected it from trigger-ish. 
Yes, which is clearly something you a word you would use to describe a person. Cause you know, you know, Steve put the N word on the autocorrect, right? For the for the iPhone, you know, he did it. Yeah, you know, Tim like, Cook saw that and was like, "Hmm, yes, good." Yeah, it's like, first of all, you said something racist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second of all, no one is ever going to use the word "triggerish" to describe a person. Nope. And third of all, literally everyone who has ever owned a phone with autocorrect knows that they try not to make you say curse words. <laughs> they try their hardest. Look, man, I'm not here to duck someone up. All right, that's never. No one's ever said that phone. Yeah, but they try their hardest to convince me that's what I want to say. <laughs> yeah. But, so, yeah, and then the now everyone in the fucking school has to undergo, like, sensitivity training for this. Like, I mean, I, I've had to do it, students are having to do it, and it's like... I, this is like damn, a, can you imagine being so damn racist you make, like, 28,000 people uh, do not racist training? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's like a... We haven't really learned a whole lot that I don't already know from this whole situation, but it's it's like a really this is this is the solution to the problem. Like yeah, racism is prevalent, but you're not going to defeat it with like like workshops, you know. And that's not how you're going to do it. Yeah, that might make him that might make him more racist. Probably so because make people resent that shit or whatever. And yeah. so yeah, that was our incident that happened. Which I, I see. Here's the thing. I saw an email from the school about it, like, uh, last year about when this happened, and I thought, well, what, what happened? But then I just kind of like forgot about it. And then, t- like, two days ago, somebody told me what actually happened. And I was like, oh, shit, that's fucked up. Yeah, that's like... What? I don't know. Because I see right here that le- the Legislative Black Caucus of Maryland is calling on LaSanti to undergo racial sensitivity training, which she said she would attend. And I'm like, okay, cool, but, like... That's not gonna do away with the sense, this like the, the the mindset that made you say that. Like, you could you could do all the training in the world you want. It's not gonna change that about you. Yeah, that I I don't know. And I, I do. And here's the thing: you know me. I do think folks can change. I've changed. A lot of, a lot of folks change over time. I used to be yeah. a much worse person back when I was on fucking 4chan and shit. But I don't think you can force someone to be better. You can help them, but you can't like, like we let's not pretend that this 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 sensitivity training is gonna really change anything, but make her more mindful of what she says. On yeah, the other hand, I it mean, is very funny. It is hilarious, and that 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 clickbait story it reminds me of this one clickbait I saw. It was like I think it was BuzzFeed, and it was like Lord goes on Kanye West Instagram to call him a nit, and then it cuts off, and it was <laughs> no, it was just it was just N, it was just calls him a N. And it was narcissist, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I don't, I don't appreciate my speed all that, but that, you got me to click, you got me. It's like back in uh, when Hillary Clinton was in her campaign, she like retweeted an article that said that like uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign is based off of two powerful things: pizza and analysis. But it cut off at pizza and anal. That's a that's hey, my 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 should have stayed cut off there. <laughs> He might, might have got a couple of those votes in Wisconsin then. <laughs> By the way, did you ever happen to uh, hear about the greatest character ever from 2016 that no one ever talks about? No. He was a, a, a polling so. guy. He did uh, he did not like a guy who analyzed polls. He conducted polls. But he had the fucking greatest name of all time with his name and company together is amazing. You ready for this, Seth? Tell me. Bernie Porn. 
of epic MRA. Bernie porn. Uh-huh. Of epic MRA. Yes. Is it is that men's rights activist? It's not what it stands for there, but that is what I know it as, yes. Okay. But how much more perfect could you get than Bernie porn of epic MRA? Bernie porn. That I mean, that's kind of what we needed in twenty sixteen. Ah man, honestly. we could have used it. We could have used some Bernie porn. There is that pretty great image someone posted once of a, like a Russian, uh, what do you call it? Uh, they, they call it like propaganda or disinfo or whatever. With like it has like Bernie and he's like straight. He's like his head's like photoshopped on like a muscular man's body and he's doing like the Hercules pose or whatever. And it was like targeted yeah. at gay people. That's great. It's like vote for Bernie. He's hot. Yeah, Bernie. He he's lived a life, man, and I I'm I'm rooting for him. Dude, for sure. He's the best one we got right now out there on the field. Yeah, I mean, and it's not even like... It's it's not even by a margin. He's the only good person out there. Yeah, that's true. He's the only good at all who like, is able to run for president, obviously. I could hold my nose and vote for Elizabeth Warren. I could do that. I think I could, I could, manage, I could manage that. I would be happy about it, but I could do it. Yeah, I wouldn't vote for Kamala Harris. No, everybody else is trash. Yeah, and I mean, I, I want, I want, I want to see how far Cory Booker is gonna go with this because he's such a fucking nerd. He really. I is, just want to. I just want to see, like, does he actually think he has a chance? Because I, I want us all to pretend like he has a chance for a while, and then just let him know that it's not realistic at all. You seen that picture of him in the white uh, button up with the red vest? No, but he I looks can picture it. Absolutely ridiculous. And I'm not a fashion yeah. person. Yeah. Also, um, uh, side note, side note. Speaking of 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 uh, Bernie porn, uh, the opposite of Bernie Sanders is of course Joe Biden. And today he was talking about uh, when he first came to the Senate, he didn't know many people, so he met people in the gym where everyone was walks around in their birthday suit. He said, with Ted Kennedy, they're both naked, he met people like William Fulbright and Jennings Randolph. First of all, literally all these names are made up. Like, <laughs> what? Is this like a fucking... Who wrote the Scarlet Letter? Is this like... Chillingsworth <laughs> or whatever? Yeah, like whoever wrote that book, like, is it one of their books? First oh, of all. Yeah. Second of all, who wants to see all these fucking sweaty, flabby, fucking man-titted, fucking... Old dick, fucking saggy ass, motherfucking nipples touching their belly button, motherfuckers naked. I mean, you said you've been to the gym. Have I been to a gym? Yes. To a gym that had old men, I should say. Yes. Old men don't give a fuck. Yes, that's why I never once stepped into a shower room in, in the gym that I went to. I was like, you know what? There's too many old guys here, and I've seen movies. Even the locker room, though, they'd be out there with all the junk hanging out. Yeah, I never went to the locker room either. I, yeah. <laughs> so you just went home and took a shower when you were done. Yeah, exactly. I just walked in and gym clothes, worked out, left, took a shower oh in my, my own God. house. I used to shower I, at the at our gym at, at school, and I saw some shit. Yeah, if I had like a book bag with me, I would just like put it next to wherever I was working. I wouldn't even go to the lockers because you never know what you're gonna see. <laughs> I had no problem with it. It's fine, but my God, man, have have some have some dignity. Yeah, I don't have I don't have an explicit problem with it, but if I can control not having to see it, I'll go for that option. There are things that happen to men's bodies after a certain age that, that people really shouldn't have to see. 
Yeah, workaholics described it best, and they called it dad dick. <laughs> you just you just get like a big old dad dick when you become older, <laughs> and it's just it's just there, and it's like it's just huge for no reason, and you it's, don't know when it happens. It's not like it just happens one day. It just it just over over time you get dad dick, and it's not like it improves your sex life. Oh no, of course not. Because you don't even want to use it anymore. You're done. Like you've 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 left sex behind once you have dad dick. I don't know. I think you need to interview some of these men. I feel like there's a I feel like a lot of men that age, like look at fucking Greg Allman. Look at that guy. He's That's still fucking true. That is true. Although I assume there's a lot of chemicals involved in keeping that going. I bet Bernie Sanders still fucking. You think so? Think him and Jane Sanders are still going at it? Hell yeah, dude. What are you what are you talking about? What, what's that fucking incredible Kevin Smith tweet? Like, it's like, we've been married for 12 years and she still fucks me like we're 16 or something like that? Oh, yeah, he made that insane fucking tweet. By the way, you seen Kevin Smith recently? Yeah, he looks like... He looks like Kevin Smith's son. <laughs> he looks like the person who was living inside of Kevin Smith. Yeah, he looks like he's wearing his dad's clothes that don't fit right. <laughs> I've been walking by the TV occasionally, and I'll see previews for, like, apparently this is, this is finally they're killing uh, Big Bang Theory, and he's going to be on it. Yeah. And I was like, who the fuck is that guy that's calling Kevin Smith? Yeah, it's like, oh, that's a pretty common name. Must be some other Kevin Smith, right? <laughs> but then he's dressed like fucking, he's dressed like Silent Bob. Yeah. Which is apparently his just natural clothing. And they're making a new Jane Silent Bob movie. Really, they are? Yes. I'll be damned, I didn't know about that. And they've confirmed that Jason Lee's going to be in it, too. Damn, that's, that's uh, getting the, so, get the game. Can you get um, Will Ferrell as well? Uh, no, he died, remember? Unfortunately, can't get Carrie Fisher or uh, George Carlin back, either. Yeah. However, I'm going to say this. If uh, if this movie keeps up with his current track record, it will not be good. No, probably Ho- not. Hopefully, hopefully he goes back to his old style. And then again, all of his newer movies haven't been like those kind of comedies he used to do so maybe he still got it in him to write one more good comedy script because his new movies are not good what was his recent, most recent film I, I didn't see it what was it again yoga hosiers wasn't that about like a horror movie or something yeah kind of it was like a horror comedy kind of thing it's like it has his daughter and johnny depp's daughter in it oh man and that's they, a big get now huh yeah because they're like they're like really good friends they're, they're, they're daughters that's rough yeah like, why is that rough? Because if your dad's Johnny Depp, like, what's like, look at look what's happened to Johnny Depp recently. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this was this was a couple years ago, right before he got me too'd. Um, but yeah, it was like about them, and they like they like work at a Canadian convenience store or something, and there's like a, a hockey, there's like a hot dog demon. They like play hockey or something. I don't know. Wow, yeah. that sounds great. Look, I watched Tusk. I'm done. Yeah, Tusk was, in a word, bad. <laughs> that movie scarred me. Movie. Yeah, just for being bad, not not for anything else. Just just it was, it was just bad. Yeah, you used a incredible, incredibly cool cast of actors, to and make made a bad movie one of the most. At some points, I wasn't even like, "This is bad." I was like, "Just why does this exist?" There's like a 20-minute scene where he talks, where Johnny Depp is in the movie and talks, and it's just the most useless thing I've ever watched. It, does, it literally adds nothing to this movie that already has nothing to say. That scene was fucking bizarre. 
Yeah, I, I remember watching that. And it's only like an hour and 40 minute movie. So this is like a big chunk of the movie dedicated to this character that doesn't actually pertain to the main plot at all. He was no. just excited that he got Johnny Depp to be in one of his like really, really bad movies. Pretty much. Um, and, so since we were talking earlier about internships. Yes. I'll return to that theme. Okay. I'll bring you a story from uh, Down Under, mate, in Australia. Okay. Throw a shrimp on the Bobby, you know, like them guys. That's not a knife. This is a knife. There we go. Now we're fucking cooking with gas. Yes. Um, so there. This is an article about. Um, okay, I'll just I'll just read the headline for you. So I'll see how you feel about it. Uh, Muffin break boss says unpaid work is dead because Insta obsessed Gen Y have inflated self importance. Yes. yes, we have we have decided that, um, as has been the case for many, many millennia, except for, of course, slavery, um, labor is worth money, and uh, things cost money, and thing, the cost of things is going up drastically, mm-hmm. so we need to survive, we need to literally be able to put a roof on our heads and food in our mouths, and that's because of Instagram. <laughs> okay, I'm so go ahead. Recalling, I said, if I'm gathering what he's saying correctly, I feel like that's his point. Oh, it is a she. Let's keep that in mind. Oh, she. Okay, fine. Yeah. Of course. So okay. I realize I'm, I'm doing a disservice here. I need to read the entire article in Australian accent. So get ready. Okay. Please um, here we go. <clears throat> Entitled millennials have been given an inflate. No, nope, that's nothing. That's not an even Australian accent. No, that was absolutely... No. Uh, it was a type of person that's never existed for a reason. <laughs> I apologize to the one Australian listener we have who I know listens because they're, they're in a game that I play. I'm very sorry for that. Um, yeah. The type of person you just did an impression of, they all died for having the worst <laughs> voice ever. Okay, so here's the real article, all right? Uh, Entitled millennials have, have been given an inflated sense of self-importance due to social media and are no longer willing to do unpaid work to advance their careers. That's the view of Muffin Break General Manager Natalie Brennan, who says the precipitous decline in eager young university students and graduates started, quote, about 10 years ago. There's just nobody walking in my door asking for an internship, work experience, or unpaid work. Nobody, says Ms. Brennan. You don't see it anymore. Insane. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if she'd be willing to not get paid to do work. Well, the thing is... I'm sure she did go unpaid in some internship when she was a kid, but she first of all probably had parents who, if they weren't rich, had a higher income and compared to what we have today, they could support her through that. And so she thinks that because she did that, everybody else has to now earn their same stripes. Yeah, but as we've uh, discussed since the beginning of this podcast, um, stuff no more cost little. Yeah. Stuff costs big now. <laughs> big cost stuff. Uh, it says right here, you don't see it anymore. Before that, people would be knocking on your door all the time. You couldn't keep up with how many people wanted to be working. In fact, I'd run programs because there were so many coming in. It says right here, last year she had one intern in marketing and, and that was it. I can't even remember the one before that. Six, seven, eight years ago, she said. In essence, they're working for free, but I can tell you that every single person who has knocked on my door for an internship or work experience has ended up with a job. Every single person, because they back themselves. 
Yes, but to to back themselves now, they need money. And then any person who like unless they are willing to work several other jobs, like we've like we've discussed, they are they unless they're willing to work several other jobs, the only way they can stay afloat with no income is from rich parents or from taking out a personal loan, which is obviously a, a terrible idea. And you know, these days not a lot of people have rich parents or are dumb enough to take out a personal loan just for to take and do an internship. Right, exactly. And it says right here, she these days she notices candidates off walking to interviews thinking quote, thinking they're better than the job. Immediately asking how long before I get a promotion, when is the first pay rise? It's like, yeah, because we don't we, you don't pay us for shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it um it reminds me of there's this there's this Reddit post on um, UK politics where the um, the poster asked, as an employer, why shouldn't I be able to hire teens for free? But don't worry, he explains himself. Oh, good. He says, and this is where he, he goes hard right after this question mark. He says, what the fuck else are they going to do during the summer months? Me hiring them for free and then in the best parenthetical in the history of all time says and maybe me receiving a stipend from the government for doing so <laughs> means that i am keeping teens off the street keeps the crime rate down and prevents drug addiction in the future fuck this shit yes i was fine today for not paying my staff a wage and i'm fucking pissed <laughs> because we all know that all teens they don't have jobs they're gonna go off and do drugs and, and perform crimes yeah first of all they can't even afford drugs anymore yeah and I, I just love the, the the fucking unmitigated gall to be like, oh, I'm just trying to help people. I'm just trying to help people. I want to get teens off the street, if I'm paying them or not. But if the government were to slob me some money for doing it, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, pay me more to, to not pay them anything. It's like I saw a thing earlier this week. I can't – or week, last week. I can't think of her name. She was at the, she was at the creator of Reason Magazine or some shit. Or no, Quillette. And she said that uh, you can't just pay people more money. You can't just raise the minimum wage because they'll just go off and spend it on a bender and wake up three days later in a dumpster somewhere. Because you know us, all us poor working people, we all just drink and do drugs constantly and we can't help ourselves. Man, what a dream it would be to go on a bender and wake up in a dumpster. I, thing, I can't. I can't even afford to go on a bender and wake up in a dumpster. Right, yeah, that's a rich person thing. Yeah, I can't afford to take three days off of work to drink. What? Okay. So, Seth, here we go. Here's here's where she goes from being a moron to actively evil. All right. She says, um, in one case, after she ended, ended the interview early, the, the candidate, quote, sent me an abusive email saying I was underpaying, but then said, if you pay me X amount more, I'll come and work for you. People are clueless, she said. Not only am I not going to hire you, I will tell everybody about you as well. That's the thing people don't realize. Whatever industry you're in, it's a small industry. Yeah. So, not hire you, and also blacklist you from other jobs. Yeah, and, and at, at that point, the only thing you can do is hope they don't have as much clout as they think they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they actually do, then, I mean, you can get seriously fucked over. So, she goes on to explain her reasoning about why Generation Y, I guess she's t- she's talking about millennials, or probably actually 
We call him here America Gen Z, I think, or whatever, who's after us. Um, says right here, uh, she blames social media for the entitlement mentality. Quote, I think everybody thinks social media is going to get them ahead somewhere, she said. There's definitely that inflated view of their self-importance because they have X amount of Instagram followers or this many likes. That's dangerous. I love the idea that our idea of our own self-importance can be inflated. <laughs> like, shouldn't we all just, like, people are important. Just, we are, we are all, should all be working together to create a better society and a better future. So everyone's important, but apparently they have they're inflating their this like that's just such a weird idea to me that they're like, oh, these people think they're important? Fuck you. And I mean, who who is deriving their fucking self-worth when it comes to their job from their Instagram? No one's doing that. Yeah, people people go to and and the only like the the argument for that is that people like maybe you know maybe people like black bl- might blow their money on like nicer clothes they can post on it on like their social media which people do that and that's what some people do I'm not gonna say it doesn't exist but that's thing they don't that's not because of their job they they go to work to make that money so they can do that they're not like oh man look at me filling out spreadsheets I'm a fucking I'm in a high rise my dude <laughs> who cares. But here, we, this is this is perhaps I think the most instructive paragraph in the whole thing. It's just a quote from her. It's it's pretty short. It says, "quote I'm generalizing, duh, but it definitely feels like this generation of twenty somethings has to be rewarded, even if it's the most mundane, boring thing. They want to be rewarded for doing their job constantly." Oh man, it's called fucking up a, a, a paycheck. Yeah, it's it's called that's just called having a job. This isn't a thing about, I don't need you to come in here and pat me on the back and, like, fucking, I don't know, uh, uh, jerk me off for saying I'm doing a good job. Just fucking pay me! That's all we want! That's literally the only reason I, I mean, honestly, the only reason I go to work, obviously. I mean, uh, dude, I that's the thing. love going to work. They always ask you, like, does your is your paycheck all that matters to you in an interview? Fucking yes, it is! Yes! Like, yeah, you'll say other things and you'll lie because you want to get hired, but no one actually wants to do anything but make but get paid. Like, that's it. Yeah, I had a coworker the other day tell me that she, we're talking about how how high the lottery is in North Carolina. It's like three hundred twenty-two million right now, mm-hmm. and I'm like, let's say they tax 70 percent of it. You're still making like a hundred million dollars, somewhere in there. Like that'd be great. I would, I, I mean, I would just quit. Obviously, she was like, no, I, I still come to work, and I'm like, okay, that's that's a cool idea, and I can I can maybe see it, but like you gotta think like at the end of the day, you would go to work every day. You'd have no free time when you get home, even though you're a multi-millionaire, and you're making like, let's say, even even like a nice kind of job where I work, it's like seventy thousand dollars a year. That is make that's putting no money onto the money you just made. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, you wouldn't fucking go to work. You would wake. You might go for like a month, and then you wake up and realize I don't need to do this. Yeah, pretty much. Let me tell you, man. If I won that that money. I would quit my job and I would go on one of those fucking benders that he's talking about because fuck everything. Don't invest it. The world's going to end in like 10 years. Who gives a fuck? Just like oh, yeah. smoke weed, do crack. I don't give a fuck. Uh, fuck everybody I can and then just uh, uh, die, I guess. Exactly. I'm not going to – people say like, oh, yeah, they're like, they're like oh, you're like you, – you have like a little bit of money now. You should start investing. I'm, like, I'm not investing in shit, okay? <laughs> fucking stock markets crash. Yeah. 
Okay, why would I bet against myself? You fucking goddamn idiot. Like, no, I'm gonna, I will, at best, save it. Most likely, spend it all, because fuck everything. Like, I don't... The, I, I get the money I need to stay alive, and everything after that, I don't... It does. It's negligent to me. It's negligible, I mean. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't make, I don't make a whole lot of luxury money anyway. So I fucking spend it on like pizza. So yeah, I don't need to invest in anything. Yeah, it's like you'd be a real sucker to invest your fucking money, especially now. Yeah, you'd have to be. You'd have to be a real like whale for the stock market. Well, you know, you heard about uh, uh, Warren Buffett says he can't buy anything. Yeah, he's like, I have too much money. You know, he's like, I have a hundred billion dollars, and just nobody's out there wanting it. Nobody's, nobody's trying to do anything. Yeah, he's like, I just, there's not things out there anymore that I can really buy. He's like, because. I think he said that all the private equity firms are loaded with cash and looking to like invest in shit, and there's nothing to buy or finance apparently. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? People are starving, man. Yeah, and people wonder why, like. These tech startups will like put out a fake product, get a bunch of money from VCs, and then cut and run, because they're just they're willing to throw around like millions and millions of dollars on something that doesn't even exist. They deserve to have their money stolen. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, it's the, these guys are just have all this money stored up and are doing nothing. They're not, they're not even like if they're even like putting it back in the community or like buying or like are like, you know, uh, creating they're not even creating jobs. That's their one thing they always say is you need us to create jobs and they're not even doing that. Yeah. People they're literally are, like fucking dragons that are sitting on their gold. They don't they're not doing anything with it and they're just being menacing really. People are like uh, you should just you should be happy that like yachts are being bought. And it's like, fuck that. That's one yacht. Like, who cares? Like, sure, great, workers built that one yacht, but that's not a sustainable fucking business model. Yeah, not everyone is an NFL owner who can buy $100 million yachts. Well, did you happen to see that, Seth? That that, that tweet that I, we saw this week? So, like, three of the NFL owners have bought um, $100 plus million yachts in the past, like, year. It says right here that since December, December 2018, Atlanta Falcons owner Arthur Blank purchased a yacht for $180 million. Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones purchased one for $250 million. And Washington Redskins owner Dan Snyder purchased one for $100 million. And the best part is about this whole episode, we have not talked about our worst enemy, the New England Patriots, (laughs) and what happened with Bob Kraft. Oh, man. So I, I'm going to assume everyone here knows what happened with Bob Kraft. Like, you're all plugged in. You know what happened. So, so I want to ask you a question. Bob yeah. Kraft is worth $8 billion, I believe. Yes. Who was not getting paid? Who, yeah, who did he, like, leave off of the fucking payroll to, not let, to, like, let this shit get out? Like, what cop, what sheriff, what FBI agent or whoever was not getting their palm greased... Well, he was getting his fucking uh, uh, grease palm on his dick, you know. Yeah, and like, so, but all we know right now is that it was like just solicitation of prostitution, right? It was just a sting operation, right? And that's like all we know, because like, I don't know, man. I was like, I'm, I'm like almost 100 percent convinced he might be in some like child shit. 
Oh, they did, they did They did say some of the girls in the massage parlor were not there of their own free will. Yes. Yes. And if any of that turns out to be true, and if there's some like, underage shit going on, I'm, I'll hope we fucking cancel him into the ground. It's like the funny thing is there's a, there's a whole conspiracy theory about Pizzagate, but Pizzagate is fucking real, but they don't, they don't, they're not targeting the actual people. Yeah. They're like, yeah, oh, Pizzagate John Podesta's is like, a pedophile or whatever. Yeah. They need to, we really need to up our Pizzagate game. It's like, oh, John Podesta and Hillary Clinton are pedophiles. Like, sure, maybe, but like, are they really the biggest ones out there? Are they really the ones you should care about? Yes. We should stop pedophiles in order of magnitude. So, Seth, I wanted to ask you a question about this uh, opinion column here that I'm seeing from Cody J. McDavis. Uh Uh-huh. Which says that paying students to play uh, would ruin college sports. Yes, I've read this article. This this all started with Zion Williamson injuring his knee, which, how, how bad is that? What's the update on that? Do you know? Um, right now he's day to day. He's it luck. Um, luckily he did avoid a serious injury, so he will be able. He was going to be able to play again this season, and will be still be eligible for the NBA draft. Um, he does have what I found out to be the, the most insane insurance policy I've ever heard of. Oh yeah. Apparent apparently, if this injury is bad enough to where he would drop out of the top sixteen draft picks in the NBA, he is entitled to eight million dollars. Jesus Christ. Because some insurance company decided to rate that because like it's a low risk plan because he's probably gonna go number one even if he fucking broke his back he probably goes a number one pick, um so they know that's not gonna hurt them at all but like still if he were to drop out of sixteen that'd be insane, but yeah, so Zion Williamson uh, tweaked his knee a little bit in a game a college basketball game where tickets were twenty five hundred dollars. Wait, what the fuck? Yes, they were literally tantamount to Super Bowl tickets. Why is it? What, wait, why? Because you, I mean, first of all, UNC versus UNC Chapel Hill versus Duke is the biggest college basketball game of the year every year, and it was like Zion Williamson was going to play against UNC Chapel Hill. Everyone wanted to see it. President Barack Obama was in courtside. Holy shit! Yes, twenty five hundred dollars for pretty much almost every seat in the house, cheap or not. It was around that price. That's insane. And which is crazy because and this is what this whole article is about, is these tickets are worth so much, but athletes like Zion Williamson and his teammates and the guys on UNC Chapel Hill don't see any of that. No, and they're the workers, right? They're the workers, yes. And the idea behind this article, um, his his if you if you're on the wavelength of this guy's article, his it makes it makes complete sense. What he's saying is that teams like Duke and Villanova and Syracuse and like some of these like bigger programs would just be like, "Hey, we're literally gonna pay you three million dollars to play on our team." They would be the best teams, and they would win all the championships. And all the other teams would be in little bidding wars they couldn't afford. Which, of course, because. Um, schools, even schools who aren't good at sports, value them so much that sure they'd probably dig into their pockets and pay too much for a player, which is probably probably what would happen. Because um, that's what happens in the M- NBA a lot of times. That's why teams like the Golden State Warriors are allowed to happen. Although theirs was a bit of a process of building, but once you have an, a little bit of money, you can get the right assets and then just stop the rest of the league if you want. And 
that logic is entirely true in that, of course, a couple of teams would be the really big popular teams with the best players and would win. But that doesn't really outweigh the fact that these people, that these players are still workers. Um, most of these, like especially the really good players, people like Zion Williamson and some of the people who like are like going to be really high picks in the draft. They're not doing this to go to college. They're doing this because they have to for one year before they can get into the NBA. And they get nine months of free education because as soon as the NBA draft training starts, they don't, they're not going to classes anymore. They're not even going to play any college games anymore. They're just going to train for the draft and then get drafted. So there is an argument to be made that players, especially ones like that, who aren't really, obviously aren't going to be staying in college for long, should be paid. Now here, here's the thing, though. In my opinion, he completely over, overlooks the one big thing we should be talking about here, which is regulation, right? Yes. Like, don't let them pay. Like, first of all, you shouldn't be allowed to pay these coaches millions of dollars. That's insane. That's yeah, money. Co- high, uh, college coaches make way too much money. But, like, and just set a, a standard wage that every player gets. Like, this isn't the professional leagues, right? You don't have to, like, negotiate for each each player. They're all going to be on the team at this college, right? Their skills yeah. should not really factor in how much they get paid. Pay them enough to cover their shit, right? Like, their food, their lodging, all that. I know it's taken care of by the team or whatever in most cases, but it doesn't really quite fit. That's You're making them a dependent on you. Yeah. But like when, when President Barack Obama is paying like $3,000 to watch you play and you don't get any money from it, you have to feel there's a little bit of a mismatch there. Yeah. Like at the very so, least, you could pay a minimum wage. Yeah. Which you probably should pay him more than that, but still. So yeah, it's a never-ending argument of whether they should get paid, whether players should have to go to college, whether the draft age should be lowered to 17 instead of 18, or 18 instead of 19, so that players can join the NBA sooner. Um, just a lot of arguments that go on, but at the end of the day, in my opinion, these players are workers, and they should at least get a wage for what they do. Yeah, because without them, there is no sport. Yeah, exactly. You can't just have two high-paid coaches go out in the field and play one-on-one. Although I would love to watch that. And they used to always tell me when I was when I asked about this before, they would say, "Oh, well, their tuition is their payment. That's the thing. They're they're getting paid in tuition." Fuck you. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Your education don't mean shit anymore. It's twenty nineteen. Wake up. Yeah, and and also like I like of course there are some athletes who don't ever go pro and just get four years of free college. Which whatever, who cares? It's just fine. But, go for it. Yeah, but a lot like I said. The, the, the people who are bringing up this argument, people like Zion Williamson, um, R.J. Barrett, one of his teammates, um, these bigger players who've come out of college, um, they're not in it for the education. They're only in it because they have to. I mean, some, some of them, like, in a recent interview, Zion said he still would have gone to college even if he could have got drafted out of high school. I don't know if that's true or not, but even then, he would only be doing it because he wanted to play, like get some exposure playing basketball at a more competitive level. So right. I, don't really, I don't really see what the point in saying that their tuition is their payment. They should still be paid just to, you know, to, to, to do the sport because you think about it, that's even more beneficial to the guys who play for four years and don't go to the pros. That still lets them build up some money while they're in college, you know? Yeah. Cause I, I knew it like I like at uh, college. I knew this football player who he never, he wasn't like going to be pro, but he did play all four years and he got a scholarship. He got to go to school for free, but he was like actually like super broke because he wasn't allowed to have it. Like, he couldn't have a job outside of, football because football is like a full-time job like you practice a lot 
and you right. do a lot for being an athlete. So he was he was very broke because he, he there was no way he had enough time to have another job, and he wasn't going to go pro or anything and like have a big contract one day. So it was just I don't know. It was kind of a, a double edged sword for him. Because I definitely worked a part time job in college, two of them actually at different points, where yeah. I worked for the school. Like I got paid to work for the school. And, uh, yeah, just, and, and the other thing to me is, I mean, we, all, we already know we're on the whole, like, college should be free, education should be free, so that yeah. takes tuition out of it, the equation entirely. So if an equation, if that's not a problem anymore, what's, what's, I mean, they, you got to pay them then, because then you're not getting anything. Yeah, and then it's just slave labor. Right. So it's, and it's like one of those things where, when you think about it, it's like these guys are producing the value, and they don't get. They, it's not. It's not like most jobs where you're just robbed of most of the surplus. Here, you don't get any of the surplus. Yeah, exactly. So Brocko Brock's laying down three thousand dollars for a courtside ticket, and the guys who are actually going out there and making the entire game possible get nothing. And we all know that ain't right. Yeah, hundred percent agree. So that's that's just something that I think we need to think about more. Uh, yeah. In the future. Um, I did want to bring up one thing, Seth, a pretty crazy thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Maybe you saw this or not. About the humpback whale. Didn't they, like, find one? In the Amazon rainforest? Yeah, like a dead one. I mean, yeah. obviously dead. It would be way crazier if it was alive. That's true. Well, they said they found it because of all of the circling, like, uh, carrion-eating birds, right, were, were around it. But the yeah. thing is, they have no fucking clue how it got onto land. My question to you is, how do you think you're out on land? <laughs> I mean, some folks are saying that, like, the water level rose, like, high enough to bring it onto land, but it was pretty fucking far inland. Yeah, it was, like, in, like, a fucking... It was literally, legitly in a forest, so... So, personally, I think aliens. Yeah. Aliens, capitalism, something. My favorite line of the article is, Researchers said there were no clear reasons why the animal died. I got some theories. Yeah, I got one. I got like one or two. <laughs> I got a couple ideas on this one. Yeah. Oh man! But uh, the last thing I want to talk to you about, Seth, this week is: Have you heard the word about the Facebook moderators? Oh yeah, don't they? They like they like become like alt right flat earthers. Yeah, it's over time. Okay, I'll, I'm going to read... This is an article from The Verge by Casey Newton. I'm going to read the first opening paragraphs here, and they're incredible, and I think you'll understand why pretty quickly. Uh, the panic attack started after Chloe watched a man die. She spent the past three and a half weeks in training trying to harden herself against a daily onslaught of disturbing posts, the hate speech, the violent attacks, the graphic pornography... In a few more days, she will become a full-time Facebook content moderator. Or the company she works for, a professional services vendor named Cognizant, opaquely calls a process executive. For this portion of her education, Chloe will have to moderate a Facebook post in front of her fellow trainees. When it's her turn, she walks to the front of the room where a monitor displays a video that has been posted into the world's largest social network. None of the trainees seen it before, Chloe included. She presses play. The video depicts a man being murdered. Someone is stabbing him dozens of times while he screams and begs for his life. Chloe's job is to tell the room whether this post should be removed. She knows that section 13 of the Facebook community standards prohibits videos that depict the murder of one or more people. When Chloe explains this to the class, she hears her voice shaking. What the fuck, dude? 
Oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't even see that part of the article. But that is it's terrifying. Now, do you want to know what the pay is to, to live in, in Phoenix, Arizona, and do this job? Do you want to guess what the pay is for, for doing this every single day? What? $28,800 a year. To do Facebook moderation? Yeah. What the fuck? The average Facebook employee has a total compensation of $240,000. And they make 28000 Wow. And you have to, like, fucking watch and it get, like, just, fucking raped. Yeah, it's like you're, you're, you have to expose yourself to the worst things humanity has to offer. And you get, like, twenty eight k for it. Which is more than I make, <laughs> but my job sounds fucking cushy compared to this shit. Yeah, I can't, I can't even imagine that. It says right here, here are some bullet points from the article which are insane. Uh, it says that uh, team leaders micromanage the moderators. Uh, every single bathroom break, two Muslim employees were ordered to stop praying during their nine minutes per day of allotted wellness time. Wow. Stop praying. Mm-hmm. Stop trying your best to find a reason why terrible shit is happening to you. That's the most death crew thing ever. Stop praying. Uh, yeah. It won't help. Uh, it says right here that employees can be fired for making just a handful of errors a week. And those that who remain live in fear of former colleagues seeking, return ve- seeking to return to seek vengeance. One man we spoke with tried to bring a gun to work to protect himself. Wow. Uh, employees have been found having sex inside stairwells in a room reserved for lactating mothers in what employee describes as trauma bonding. So it's like prison. It really is, dude. It says they cope by telling dark jokes about committing suicide then smoking weed during breaks to numb their emotions. They are routinely high at work. And you'd have to be. <laughs> and not just like weed. You'd have to like smoke something serious. And it says here that employees are developing PTSD-like symptoms after leave the company, but are no longer eligible for any support from Facebook or Cognizant. And this is the this is the, the money quote, in my opinion. Employees have begun to embrace the fringe viewpoints, the videos, and memes they are supposed to moderate. The Phoenix site is home to a flat earther and a Holocaust denier. A former employee tells us he no longer believes 9/11 was a terrorist attack. Well, that's true, but uh, the rest of it is crazy. Yeah, I think it was funny how the, um, I think when I read the article, it was like he began to question aspects of the Holocaust. <laughs> Which at that point, you're, what, 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 what are you even doing? Yeah. So, I will not go into all of it because it's a long article. Uh, oh, here's a great one. It says, here, here's, a, here's an example of moderation. Quote, Autistic people should be sterilized, unquote, seems offensive to him, but it stays up. Wow. So yeah, this is just a bunch of garbage. Uh, Facebook is a terrible place, and I'm not sure how you fix this problem. I mean, I'm sure there's probably some kind of algorithm that could fix it for us. But in the meantime, we are exposing people to the absolute dregs of humanity. Uh, just our human information excrement and making them look at it. And that is not healthy. Yeah, I can't believe that's a, a job that exists and doesn't pay more. Because, I mean, I used to be on 4chan, and I saw this shit every day by choice. They don't have a choice. This is their job. Yeah. 
So, yeah, man, that's pretty fucking depressing. <laughs> Just one thing to note, I guess, from our modern world and how fucked everything is. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> uh... Well, Seth, I think that's kind of it. What do you think? Yeah, I think we've we've done a done a good one. Yeah. So that was millennials for the week. I am Smith. You can find me on Twitter at mcsurf. I'm Seth on Twitter at life of Seth. Our uh, art is done by the uh, mysterious Marcus Barkley. Well, he's not so mysterious anymore. You've heard him. No, he's not. He's been on this podcast. Yeah, so he's he's now the the uh, the mysterious Marcus Barkley. Just the, he's now just serious. Uh, and yeah. he's an artist, and we're trying to get him to share more of his stuff somehow. He'll figure it out one day. Yeah. Our theme song was done by Ben Powell, who's also been on the podcast. Mm-hmm. He has a podcast called Southern Smackdown, where they talk about wrestling, and they're both from the South. So if that sounds interesting to you, go check it out. Uh, let's see here. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him get under it. Fuck First Reformed, Kevin Durant, and Tom Brady. We've stopped trying to solve our problems. We're just trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York, that's the Elenios Podcast, baby. We're out. Out.